Trent Williams out in front of him. Ayuk blocking. Debo. End zone touchdown. What a play. No flags. Another one for San Francisco. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday Thanksgiving Eve here as we look forward to Week 12 in the NFL. Heard the call there, Debo Samuel on Monday Night Football. Niners blow the doors off the Cardinals. Joining us right now to talk some NFL is Ben Brown for Pro Football Focus on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix and revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ben, um, after Monday Night Football and after what the Cowboys did last week against the Vikings, a sportsbook manager out in Vegas said that right now on a neutral field, Cowboys and Niners would both be favored over the Eagles. Do you agree with that assessment? Would you set the line that way if they were, if those teams were to play kind of a round robin this week? Yeah, I think um, I think it I think it's accurate, and I do think it actually fits as well. I think if if the Eagles were favored against either the Cowboys or the field, I would probably be on uh, the other side right now. I think that, you know, for all we've seen with how good the Eagles have performed through the first, you know, 11 weeks of the season, they, they, there's still the question of, are they going to be able to come back and play from behind against a really good football team on the same level or the same tier as they are? And, and I think, you know, the, the question going into one of those matches with the Cowboys or the 49ers is, is if either one of those teams gets up early, like, can the Eagles come back? And, and, and before, you know, I would really... I kind of want to see it first. So I do think that, you know, given the power rankings and how, uh, you know, bookmakers are definitely projecting these teams out, it does seem like even though there is, you know, a, a tier of three, uh, it, it looks like the Eagles maybe are trending towards that third tier, at least the bottom of the top NFC tier right now, I would say. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I tried to explain to my co-host earlier, like the, t- the top three isn't a thing anymore. It, it's not. It, it, it feels like the majority of the season, Ben, it's like, okay, we know the three teams maybe they're moving around a little bit, but they are in some order. And I don't think that's there anymore. The Cowboys have certainly entered that conversation. Uh, what I do find interesting with the PFF power rankings though, is once we get to four, you guys have four teams that are pretty much all the same. And, and I'm a little surprised by one of the teams that's in the mix here. So you have Philadelphia, Baltimore, Tennessee, San Francisco, as far as your point system, all just about the same. 4.5 or four or 4.6 points better than your average team. Uh, can you go over that a little bit about, about why you guys view those four as being uh, pretty much equal going into Week 12? Yeah, I think, you, you know, when you're looking at that collection of four, right, obviously, you know, from PFF's perspective, we do, I would say, emphasize really heavily in both our power rankings and all of our betting models, like like quarterback play and quarterback play specifically from a clean pocket and, and the ability to kind of move the chains, you know, throwing the football. Uh, and you look at, you know, all four of those teams, given the fact that, you know, the 49ers, for example, do have a ton of playmakers. There is always going to be the question of Jimmy Garoppolo and how good he actually is, uh, you know, as an above average NFL type quarterback. And I think even with all the weapons in place, like 
they still need him to be, uh, you know, a, a legitimate kind of, you know, guy that can get the football to players and allow them to make yards after the catch in order to kind of be at their best. And and, and when the lights are kind of shining brightest, the question is still always going to be, can he actually do that, right? So I think with a really good defensive scheme, like there maybe is some concern about the 49ers on offense specifically. And then when you look at like the Titans and the Ravens, I, I think a lot of that is, you know, skill position, especially at the wide receiver position. I think, you know, both of them, to, in order to actually get into the upper tier of NFL, say that on type performance they need guys at the wide receiver position in order to kind of build out their power rankings from pfs perspective and neither of those two teams kind of have that so i think that's the reason why they're kind of all you know clumped together because i think in certain instances people would maybe you know put them in that top tier of teams uh and they might have you know one or two performances where people think they may belong in that situation but I think, you know, at the end of the day, there's enough warts on those teams, especially when, he, when we get to the playoff time, that, you know, grouping them together is, is kind of the best way to approach them going forward, I would say, especially come, you know, playoff time. Ben, happy early Thanksgiving. Let's look at uh, tomorrow's games. And we know Joe O is very high on the Cowboys, but they haven't been uh, covering this ATS 1-10 in, in their last 11. They lay eggs on Thanksgiving. This is a big number, um, nine and a half. Which side do you like? Or maybe are you looking towards props, the total? What do you like here in this matchup? You know, kind of heading into, uh, you know, the week early on, especially before the Giants played in week 11, I would have firmly been on uh, the Giants side of things. Obviously, they had a pretty disappointing performance, but coming out of that, the injury situation as well as, uh, I would say enough for me to definitely back off, uh, you know, playing them. I think that, you know, the injury to Wandell Robinson, who was a guy who was very much emerging in this offense and, and was kind of the, you know, big producer, at least from a passing perspective for them. He's out. Obviously, they have a couple injuries along the offensive line and secondary as well. And I think this is, you know, a spot on a quick week where, you know, the number has definitely moved far enough out to the point where they probably are the only playable side on the spread. But uh, for my money and everything else, I, I just can't get behind the current state of the New York Giants. So I'm looking at the prop market. I do think, you know, a guy like CeeDee Lamb to kind of I would say feast a little bit uh, against a banged up secondary. looks like a really good spot. I think him to go over 5.5 receptions uh, is, a, is a thing that I definitely like. Uh, if you're really things out, maybe you want to go Daniel Jones under 0.5 passing touchdowns. We've obviously seen him, you know, show some capabilities with his legs, especially in the red zone type situations. And I think they're going to obviously want Barkley as much as they possibly can given game script as well. So Daniel Jones under 0.5 passing touchdowns as well, you know, plus, Plus 160 price, uh, I think that's worth a reasonable sweat. Maybe you can, you know, get a nap in during this game and, and wake up to, uh, you know, another Dominic <laughs> Cowboys performance or something like that. Ben, uh, the, the the Jets coach Robert Sala opened Pandora's box the other day when he said that he's not sure who's starting a quarterback this week, which tells me that's not that close. And what's interesting, though, is they don't just have one backup quarterback. They have two. So is there a difference? You know, we know Flacco played earlier this season. And actually, you know, he won a couple games. But if let's say the Jets sit Zach Wilson now, which I think they should this weekend against the Bears, they're still in the playoff race. They can win games with that defense. Which quarterback do you think they should go to? And is there a difference really between White, Mike White, and, and Joe Flacco at this point? I actually think there is a decent difference, and I think they would be, you know, I would say they'd be making decision if they don't go with Joe Flacco to kind of at least start this game, if not, you know, the rest of the season. I think enough things were opened up with him at quarterback. For the Jets early on, especially with Garrett Wilson kind of being a lot heavier involved, more, you know, more target volume kind of heading in his direction. 
I think that that's the thing that kind of opens up the offense. I know we've seen, you know, a couple flashes with Mike White, specifically one particular game, but he's still like a really low average depth of target type player uh, who is really going to be nothing more than a game manager. We've at least seen, you know, Joe Flacco have some success at the NFL level. Does, you know, does show the ability and show that, you know, the judgment, I would say, to kind of throw the football downfield. And I don't think that, you know, Mike White can kind of offer that. And I think, you know, even though the Jets have a really good defense, like the running game is not going to carry them without Brees Hall in the fold. So I think they need to open up the passing game a little bit more. And I think that Joe Flacco is, you know, probably the, you know, only real option that's going to be able to do that for them and also, you know, capable of actually bringing them to uh, the playoffs if that's their goal this year. So I think it's Flacco or bust for me. Uh, if Flacco plays, uh, I, I would maybe probably lay, you know, the points with the New York Jets, but it's Mike White or Zach Wilson. Uh, I definitely think Chicago's probably the only side in this matchup. Well, I mean, yeah, not that we want to spend too much time on Bears-Jets, but quarterback uncertainty on the on the other side. I mean, it's just, it's just been the Justin Fields show when they've looked good over the last month, right. and you remove him without an offensive line, with no real weapons around. I mean, what is Trevor Simeon going to do against one of the better defenses in the league? Obviously, the line would jump up if Fields is out, maybe six or something like that. Maybe uh, with, with all the action, it would, it would go to a touchdown. But I I don't know how you can bet the Bears, can you? Right. Yeah. I mean, that it is a very good point that and the injury situation, at least as far as like trying to uh, uh, understand what's coming out from the Chicago Bears camp with the injury has been losing. Right. I think, you know, at one point, you know, Matt Aberfliss said, you know, he was day to day. The next sentence he's basically saying he's you know looking at maybe being season any type of injury. So buying into either side right now is definitely not yeah. something that I would recommend or do. I think, you know, once we get you know, some of the actives and inactives and reports on who's actually throwing to the first team guys in warmups, you know, that's maybe where you can make a play. But, you know, outside of that, uh, yeah, this might be a spot just to avoid uh, and forget about as even being played here on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Ravens at uh, Jags. This one's interesting. The number's at four. The total's at 43 and a half. It seems like the Jags, you know, they could be forcing Lamar to pass the ball. And I thought it was interesting that Greg Roman uh, came out and said that he, like, is going to make it, you know, um, it, important. He wants to get Devin Duvernay the ball more. So I don't know if he actually does that. That could be a prop to look towards. But what do you like in this matchup? Yeah, that's it is interesting, the Devin Duvernay situation. I do think they kind of like we touched on at the power rankings, you know, part of the part of the segment, like the Ravens need somebody outside of Mark Andrews to at least, you know, alleviate some of the pressure that Lamar Jackson, you know, has been dealing with and kind of needs to carry on his shoulders every single play every single week. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe Devin Duvernay is the, 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 the possibility there, but uh, he's still a guy that's really, you know, low average depth of target, going to get a lot of, you know, screens and other things kind of over the middle, but they don't have a guy that's really opening it up on the outside, right? And I think, you know, Rashad Bateman, very much questionable to come back this season, but I think if you're looking at the Ravens to potentially be contenders in the, in the AFC, they, they very much need that guy and, and need him to come back and be, you know, as good as we kind of maybe all projected him to be in the preseason. But without that in the fold, like I'm looking at, you know, Lamar Jackson's rushing, rushing props and those sorts of things is probably the only real spot uh, I can play. I also think, you know, maybe minus four on Baltimore uh, is a little bit light. I think if that got down to like minus 3.5, I'm not sure if it will, uh, but that would be a spot that I'd probably be buying into the Ravens as well. Cause I, I think the Jaguars for some, for some reason, even though they're three and seven, three and seven against the spread still seem a little bit, uh, you know, overvalued in the betting market compared to where they've actually been at uh, and the, and the play that Trevor Lawrence has been able to kind of provide for them this season. 
Ben, let's talk about the night game tomorrow night. Uh, prime time, we get the Patriots on a short week in New in um, in Minnesota against the Vikings. Darisaw banged up. Patriots bringing the number one defense DVOA. I know their offense still stinks, but I, I think there's value on the Pats tomorrow night. That number's come down off of the three to two and a half. Where where do you land on this game after Minnesota got blown out and the Patriots won on a special teams play against the Jets? Yeah, I, I so I know we've been opposite Minnesota a few weeks. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go opposite with you again. I think, you know, the, the idea is basically like, you know, this is going to be very similar to the match that the, that the Vikings had last week, right, with the Dallas Cowboys essentially dominated them along the front four. High pressure rate. Cowboys have the best pressure rate in the NFL. Patriots are second there, right? No Christian Derrissaw. Uh, it, it's going to be a complete nightmare headache for the Minnesota Vikings. But I think we – if you think that Kevin O'Connell, I would say, is, you know – uh, a capable coach and a guy that can maybe win coach of the year type candidacy. This is kind of his spot to shine, right? He needs to kind of circumvent the matchups that they're going to have along the front four. And I kind of buy into him, you know, actually being able to do that a little bit. I also think the coverage scheme that the Patriots are going to uh, put forth against, you know, just Justin Jefferson will actually open up some things for him more so than he had against, you know, the Trayvon Diggs and the kind of the cover two type scheme that the Dallas Cowboys ran against them to so much success last week. I don't think that's necessarily going to be in the card. So I do think we're going to see Jefferson, you know, maybe show out a little bit here, especially early on. I think he's going to get some scripted plays underneath. Uh, I like him to kind of go over his reception prop number, especially with, you know, a high volume of targets early on. If he did, and they have some success, I do think the Vikings uh, are going to be a good buy low spot here at minus two and a half. So I'm, I'm opposite you, Joe. I apologize for that, but uh, I'm going back to the well with my Vikings here for one more week, at least. I like it. Patriots haven't uh, played a good quarterback in a long, long time. And, well, here's right. Kirk Cousins in prime time. Uh, <laughs> what about we, – we didn't touch on Buffalo-Detroit or uh, – you can go – we got a couple minutes here. You can go there or uh, any of your favorite plays from the weekend that we have not hit on. Yeah, I think – I you know, Buffalo-Detroit is going to be – I mean, there's no way you can really play the under in this match, but I think, you know – uh, no one needs to be told that the Detroit Lions basically have the worst coverage unit in the NFL, but they very much do right. No Jeffrey Okuda as well. So I think, you know, Josh Allen is going to be, you know, kind of in prime time and playing pretty well. The question for me is, you know, the extended spread, you know, out in their direction. Can Jared Goff maybe get through the back door? I'm not thinking it's going to be, you know, a pretty high volume passing attack for the Buffalo Bills. And I think Detroit's, you know, obviously going to be trying to keep pace. So I think if I was playing anything this match, but I do like Josh Allen over 2.5 passing touchdowns, uh, like plus 150 price or something like that. I think they jump out to an early lead. The only way he doesn't really go over that is if he, you know, has a rushing touchdown or two. But uh, I think outside of that, actually playing out him to go over 2.5 passing touchdowns at a plus price, really good number. I also think, you know, the game script for Amon Ross St. Brown to go over his reception prop number uh, makes a lot of sense as well. That looks really inflated, but he has very much been, you know, the, the target volume guy with no TJ Hawkinson in this offense any longer. So I like Amon Ross St. Brown over 7.5 receptions. Don't really love, you know, playing any unders in this game because even though, you know, the early time period, quick turnaround for both these teams, uh, I still expect this to be pretty much all offense here Thursday morning. Great stuff, Ben. We appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We will catch you up again next week. Ben Brown on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest line, the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We'll dive into the Bills and the Lions next right here on the Beck UL Network.